Have you ever listened to a podcast or other professional recording and thought, man, how the heck do they even put something like that together? Well, our guest today had the same question and decided to dare something about it. Welcome back to another episode of To Dare Is Human. You got your host, Adam Connor here coming to you live. I'm doing these now on Wednesdays for the last two weeks. Is that something that you want? I was doing Mondays and then I switched over to Wednesdays because that felt more like the past. And I don't know, maybe we don't want to stay in the past. Maybe we want to keep moving forward. But I was just curious. I'd like you to let me know if uh, you have a preference. You can catch me everywhere on social media at To Dare Is Human. I'm plugging already. It's been about 10 seconds. Well, regardless, If you end up liking what you hear today, and we're going to have a great interview with Kyle Marshall, the founder of Media Lab YYC, which is a public production studio, which is dedicated to podcasters and other creatives to help them create the best production quality creation they can. Uh, If you end up liking that interview, please do subscribe to this show. If you're new to this, Today is Human is all about documenting stories of leaps of faith away from traditional life paths and into passions and other life goals. And so I interview folks across the world of athletics or entrepreneurship, social activism, the arts, things like that. And so today the story is no different. Kyle Marshall worked for years in the corporate world, in the world of training. And he also had a creative passion on the side. He wanted to create videos and create podcasts and other audio creations and was curious during a trip to LA when to check out the YouTube space. Now, for those who don't know what that is, it's basically a space that you can rent out uh, to create your YouTube videos. Google owns the space. We'll talk about that in the interview. Uh, But he realized that there was a certain threshold for getting in there. It was specifically a subscriber count on YouTube. Well, he didn't have that at the time, but he took the idea, the concept, and he said, hey, I could do something like this at home. And so this interview comes to you from Calgary in Canada, where he has created Media Lab Y. YC, uh, which is devoted to this. It's almost a, a YouTube space north of the border, but open to everybody. And if you are new into podcasting or into video creation, you happen to be around that area, uh, it's a great resource for you. This dare is near and dear to my heart because it is all about podcasting and audio production. I mean, it's not all that. I'm being a little short-sighted and selfish when I say it, but it's all about furthering the creative process and doing so openly, spreading that value and helping folks on their path to success in this field. So I encourage you to listen to the enthusiasm and positivity Kyle brings to this message. And once more, we'll go over how you can connect with him after the show, and I'll let you know how you can continue to be in touch with this show. As a short plug, before that, you can subscribe wherever you're listening right now. You can follow on social media at To Dare Is Human. If you really end up liking this, you can leave a rating and review as well. Always appreciate that. But I'll say that again towards the end. For now, here is the founder of Media Lab. YYC, Kyle Marshall. All right. So we've got Kyle Marshall today on the podcast. Happy to have you, Kyle. How you doing? I'm doing really good. How are you? I am doing well. I am, uh, uh, just for listeners, you'll know that over the past uh, sort of couple of weeks prior to the launch of this season, I've been doing a lot of uh, work and getting to connect with people that I have uh, connected with a lot over the past couple of months. And uh, just as we had uh, with with a couple other folks this season, connecting via Reddit, which is a great thing. So I, I'm uh, I'm grateful, Kyle, that you reached out to me via that and that we were able to do uh, do a little conversation today. Absolutely. Yeah. Reddit's not just for trolls anymore. No, 
<laughs> no, it can be actually it be used for very productive, uh, productive things. Although you know what I found was interesting. I, I they had like a. All right, listeners. Hopefully, you know about Reddit. Basically, think about it as a one big forum. There are subreddits. Those are little subject-based forums. And I was mm-hmm. looking at it, and they said there was like a under the data is beautiful sub. Uh, they had said I think like the first subreddits to be made were like NSFW and like programming. Right, I, right. It was, it, was weird, it was weird, weird to think about. But I guess, I guess when you're in the early days, that's I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea why this is the first two. Right, yeah, yeah, that's like all you need. That's all you need. But of course, no, now today it's huge. And of course, podcasting being one of the big subjects on there. That's how the listeners, that's how we connected. And, um, you know, I was looking for folks just like Kyle, folks who have, uh, you know, gone full into their creative, uh, into their creative passions and what what they really want to do. And and Kyle's done a a bunch of stuff. I'm going to let him uh, take it away here with some of the explanation. But uh, Kyle's done a bunch of stuff with regard to uh, supporting uh, podcasts and supporting uh, general content creation, both on the uh, production side as a creator, but also on the business side via Media Lab YYC, which is definitely one uh, one thing that I want to talk about here because uh, that seems to be mostly what you're fully enveloped in today. That's correct. Yes. So uh, let's talk about that a little bit because I'm, um, you know, as with every story, uh, Media Lab wasn't, uh, you know, was, hasn't always been around. W- where'd you get yeah. the idea for hosting hosting a, a lab and starting a business like this? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, uh, I've been so fascinated since the early 2000s with the internet and internet culture and all the different types of new media that was appearing on there. And so I was an early adopter of YouTube back in 2005. And I was, I've gone to this conference called VidCon that happens in California each year. And sure, sure. I've had friends who've gone. Yeah. And I, I, so I'm a big fan of of that whole thing, even as it's gotten more and more corporate over the years. Uh, But I, I distinctly remember this was about three years ago. I was down there in California and I really wanted to go to the thing called the YouTube space, which people might be familiar with, but it's just a place that has, you know, cameras and editing equipment and green screens and studios. And it's a place to create. And I was like, well, I'm here in in LA. I might as well go and check this place out. Uh, And then I found out before I took the drive over there that I wouldn't have been even allowed inside because you need a certain amount of subscribers before they'll even let you into the door. And so I was Oh, really? Is that right? It is. And I... I don't want to. I don't want to lie, but I'm pretty sure it's ten thousand before you're able just to have access to it completely. Really? And is yeah. this YouTube? So does YouTube own this space, or is it a third party that is just called the YouTube space? Yeah, no. Google has full ownership of it. There's a few different spaces around the world. LA has one. Uh, New York, Toronto, London, um, and a few others around the world as well. So yeah, they 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 kind of set the rules. I think people are allowed to. Uh, go there even without that subscriber number for certain events, but they're very, very specific. Like we're hosting this thing that you can come to and anyone can kind of show up. But other than that, it's kind of locked down. Got it. And so this is a space then just for full disclosure for listeners that YouTube has Google owns and you can come in and you can, uh, you can take advantage of their equipment. They have uh, both production software, editing software, and they just come in and I guess you, you, you rent rent an office space for a little while and, and record what you need to record and go? Is that is that sort of what the model is? Pretty much, yeah. That's pretty much what, what exactly what it is. In fact, if uh, anyone that's listening from the United States, and I believe the UK has this now too, there's that service called YouTube Red that you can purchase for like $10 a month. A lot of those YouTube Red series are 
are produced right from a YouTube space, normally at least. Uh, there's a few that aren't, but that's kind of the, the model that they have. Oh, wow. Um, so I was disappointed about not being able to go. And I remember sitting on my airplane, ready to fly back. And I was like, man, I really wish that there was a place in Calgary, which is where I'm from, up here in Canada. I was like, I'm sitting here on the airplane. I really wish that Calgary had a place where people could just come to and collaborate and create their own things and have, you know, the green screens and the lights and the cameras and everything set up so that they could uh, do their thing. And that, that was a light bulb moment. I was like, well, well, maybe I can be the person who does that. I uh, never owned a business before, never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur, really. And then that kind of put me on this course from like 18 to 20 months of making this thing become a reality. Uh, some starts and stops and everything. But then eventually here this past October is when it officially opened up to the public. It is started small, but I still have lights, cameras, green screens, a little bit of a set, an audio booth for podcasting, uh, an interview station for podcasting as well that people can come in and rent by the hour. Wow. So uh, basically, it's this, it's this. It's a more open sort of YouTube space almost, and exactly. uh, obviously in a space where there isn't one right now. Now, you said you've been working on it. You had been working on it for, for a little while before the launch in October. What were you doing before that? Oh, like what was my full-time job before that? Yeah. What were you involved yeah. with, uh, you know, while you were making this trip down for, uh, or we, and it was down for VidCon, right? And that's when you saw the space. That's right. That's right. Okay. Um, yeah. What were you doing? <laughs> well, that, that's a, that's a great question to ask because my answer is a lot of things. So, I mean, my full-time job that I got a paycheck from on a regular basis is that I was a trainer for Apple. So I would actually not only be in a retail location teaching customers that were coming in. However, I was also in, in this program where I was being flown around to like Austin and, and Cupertino to train new trainers uh, coming on board as well. So I was, that was kind of my full-time gig. However, on top of that, I was uh, producing weekly YouTube videos myself, which I've done since about 2010. Uh, I was creating a, a podcast, my first podcast called Whatever This Is, uh, and then I'm developing a new podcast with a friend of mine called Assumption. So there was a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I was that I was working on all at the same time. I never not don't like to be busy, not busy, I guess. Yeah, I guess. And it's also great that it seems for, for many years you had this sort of side passion, maybe it wasn't something that you were mm -hmm. doing and or maybe maybe it was. I mean, what was it, was it a lucrative thing? I mean, what what gave you the idea that like, hey, if I if I move away from this and I go more full time into this content, maybe personal production, but also into the business world, that it could be it could be something that could sustain me. I mean, was it just seeing the YouTube space, or you know, did you have other sort of mentors along the way that that supported the idea? Or what? How did that come about? Yeah. So. <clears throat> I've always been a very small-time YouTuber, which has uh, started to pick up speed here a little bit in the last few months. But really, I've always been almost like a micro YouTuber. So it's not like I have like millions of views or anything like that. But what I did love doing was offering people advice and giving them like feedback on what can make their stuff uh, be even better. I find myself a little bit better maybe behind the camera uh, offering suggestions and writing and in and, and that sort of venue than it is in the actual like front facing, even though I like doing that too. I think what really, really pushed me was the creation of this thing called the Calgary Video Creators Facebook group that I had been a part of for 
a couple of years, but around that time of me developing this idea, uh, really started to take off. There was myself and, and a few other people. We actually went up for coffee one day and we're like, there's this Facebook group. We have like 80 or 90 members at that point. But all it seems like is it's like a dump and run where it's like, oh, here's a new video I did. And then there was no communication. There was no like community being built there. And we said, no, what we want to do, we want to actually create a community of people here inside of the city so that we feel supported with one another. We're not just here to just post our videos and run away and not engage in a conversation. We want to ask questions, find help, actually meet up in, in person and start to cultivate something a little bit special here in the city. And so that's basically what we have done. We've now grown in two years. We're now just crossed the 500 member mark here in the city. But we do monthly meetups. We have meetings. Um, we, we set up different events throughout the year. But we're also uh, offering encouragement. We have classes that we put on here occasionally as well. So it's this thing that we're kind of building up. And I thought, like, what a great way to build this up at the same time of opening up something like Media Lab, which does absolutely cater towards the, the hobbyist and, and the person who uh, wants to make YouTube their career. I also focus on like small to medium businesses so that they can create online content or podcast content for, for clients or just for their own in-house productions as well. So it was kind of a whole bunch of things kind of coming together at one time. Got it. So born from this idea that you know, you want to get away from the dump and run and you need to. And by the way, that's something that I still even see today. It, it's hard yeah. in my like from my browsing experience to truly get to because at the end of the day, everybody wants the same thing. And that that's exposure yes. and attention and feedback. But, you know, they're willing to get they're not as willing to give, I think. And so even even on uh call it a Reddit or maybe it's a Facebook group, really any community like that. I see way, way more often than not folks who are uh, just doing that, just posted, hey, I, I did this and, and that's it. And so I think that there are, and I think the, the next evolution of that is there are some communities who are like, they'll just, they'll just ban those people or they'll, they'll right. delete those posts unless there's a specific tag on it. But uh, it seems like you really took that to the next level and it was good to start. And I think for, for anybody who's looking to, uh, you know, start off something new and let's just call it in the creative world and the creative space, really important to, to, I think, you know, connect with people who are local to you. It seems like, you know, mm -hmm. collaboration and, and working together, it, it's in the podcasting world, true in the YouTube world, uh, true in, in most creative pursuits is that that sort of collaboration is going to allow you both uh, or, or the whole group to grow more quickly and no better way to do that than to be locally available. So that, it sounds like you took advantage yep. of a really, um, of a really interesting, uh, a valuable thing, but we're able to, to be able to get away from one of the common pitfalls, which was, which was nice. And I, I think, um, it really takes somebody who was probably, uh, well-versed in, in that whole field of education as you had been mm -hmm. uh, to then help to spread that just as much as you were doing uh doing content production that's great so um it, it is yeah. interesting like i mean uh there was this advice that i heard some youtuber give years ago but it still is one of the things that i think is still remain true which is that to that point of i want to post this thing and get exposure which is fine you can still do that but at the end of the day i think the the biggest way that people have found me is by me just leaving comments on their work without any expectation of them coming back and watching what I produced, whether that's on the Facebook group or on YouTube or on Twitter or something, and just saying, you know, I really enjoyed this, or 
um, like I really like the stuff that you produce or, or whatever it happens to be, uh, whatever comment it is that you're leaving, you're leaving a little bit of something of value and be like, I'm going to leave it here. And if you want to check my stuff out, that's implicit, but I don't have to explicitly state that. Sure. And I feel like most people, and that's also good. And, and is that something you had to train yourself into to actively like go beyond the consumption of the content and, and, and into more active feedback and engagement? Or Because I feel like for me, you know, when I'm sitting there and I'm clicking through YouTube videos or Reddit posts or, or whatever it may be, I'm much more likely to sit there and just consume rather than, and it's, it's not a good habit either, but right. to just consume rather than to submit or to feedback. And was that something that you just, that just came naturally to you? No, it is something I had to work on because I think I don't know. I think for the most pe- for most people, it is just our nature to be like I'm just going to sit back and you know experience what is happening to me. Uh, I think it, it, it does. You need to you need to force yourself to actually go a little bit further than that. It, it's also hampered because of the fact that I normally really hate talking about myself, <laughs> so I don't ever want to be like lead with like oh guess what I'm doing and let me talk to you about what what's uh, going on in my life sort of thing. So that's, that's always been hard, but, um, I, I was, I just, uh, kind of had a brainwave one day. I was like, you know what? I would really like it to know if people like my stuff. So why don't I just tell the people who stuff I like that that's, that's true for me. Uh, and so that's, I've kind of made my mission. I'm not great at it every single day, but I do make it a, an attempt to make sure that I am, uh, doing those thoughtful comments when I think it's appropriate or that I need to. Sure. Yeah. Sort of the treat others how you want to be treated type of thing. Yeah. So you then, uh, so let, let's fast forward back into the, uh, into the creation of Media Lab. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when you, you know, made that, uh, what we would call in the show, making the dare of opening that business and, and, uh, you know, and perhaps leasing out the space. I mean, what, what sort of, what sort of risks were you looking at? What sort of, I mean, what, what was getting in the way of you doing? I mean, unless, Hey, it would be great if it was just, yeah, I just know that I'm going to do it. So bang, I did it. But like, mm-hmm. oftentimes that's not the case. And, uh, you know, especially as it relates to you winding down some of the things that you were doing as a trainer and more into, Hey, I'm going to be spending more and more time on most all of my time maybe in in a media in this business that I've started yeah. for myself like how did you bridge that gap you know it was it, it was really hard for me because um, while I was developing this I almost felt bad I the, the joke I was kind of making to like friends uh, and family was that it felt like I was almost like the cheating boyfriend in many cases because I was pursuing this thing outside of work uh, yeah, I wasn't really telling anyone, any at, anyone at work at that point. It's like, I'm just seeing how this goes. And so by going to like a bunch of different networking events and going to a, a couple of business coaches and trying to figure out a business plan and understanding what you need to do to open up a business in, in my province and putting in the forms and paying for the licenses and doing all this work, it got to the point where it's like, okay, well, like I've, I've gotten to like the 80% mark and now it's time to kind of go the full uh, rest of the way and make this thing open up and it was really it was really scary to go away from something that was hey you're, you're getting this uh, secure paycheck every two weeks to being like hey you might not have any money in two weeks so that, that and I actually remember very vividly very first day you know doors are open um, and sitting there and be like um, I don't even know what to do actually right now like I don't know uh, what my day is supposed to look like. And so that was something I had to kind of figure out on the fly and understand what entrepreneur means and um, how to flex business and, 
and, and take meetings and, and just, uh, you know, market myself as a, as a new entrepreneur, it's basically wearing five different hats. Cause you're doing all of it. You're doing the bookkeeping, the marketing, the running of the business. Like you're doing kind of everything all at once and just trying to figure all that out at the same time. Got it. So, uh, and, and when, when you finally kicked it off, like you said, the first day doors are open uh, and how big was this Facebook group at the time, by the way? So like, how big did you know that your potential customer pool was, or were you even expecting those people to come and be a customer yeah. of yours? So how did you market out, I guess? Yeah, I did. I did a, a, a bit of market research and I, and it's something that I continually do just to, you know, see what, uh, what's going on. I, I knew that at the, the, at the very beginning, I couldn't rely on the Facebook group specifically because, I mean, a lot of them are students or, like, just starting out their channels. Um, there's a few of them that are, like, over, like, 100,000 and some are even close to 500,000 followers and stuff like that. But um, I was like, that can't be my only market I'm going after. I have to also go after people who want to learn how to do this, uh, businesses who want to utilize more online video and, and, and audio uh, in their business. So I knew there was going to be some, like uh, a couple of core people from the Facebook group, but really I knew I had to utilize their influence to also uh, bring others into the space. So that was, I, I utilized them more for marketing than I would for as, as far as revenue coming into, into the space itself. I'm actually part of a, of a co-working space, which I don't know if everyone will be familiar with who's listening to this. This is somewhat of a new thing where uh, there's just a bunch of different businesses here in the same building. So, for instance, I have like app developers and there's an architect and a fashion designer. And Media Lab is a part of this kind of uh, building with a bunch of different companies all inside of it. So utilizing them, too, has been actually the biggest resource for me so far because they have needs or they know clients that have needs. And so we kind of just refer each other to uh, to different things. Yeah, that's a really great community to have where you can sort of be synergistic in your efforts and and, and be reaching out. And yeah, because I guess I'm thinking about this as, uh, okay, this is a space where I can come in and I can personally do like podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever, like from a uh, sort of a B2C almost, uh, you know, consumer facing that in the end user is like, you know, you regularly go off the street. But I'm sure there is yeah wild opportunity, especially with local businesses, things like that. To, to really kick things off uh, off the ground using sort of a service like yours. So that, that's a that's a good shout. That's a good shout. Yeah. And actually, it's really interesting. When I first opened it up, like originally it was like, this is like the YouTube space come to Calgary. But as I was developing it, I was like, I want to do this combination of video space, but also podcasting space that uh, I knew there was some podcasting studios that were opening up in, in the U.S. at that point. Um, so as I went live, I was like, I, I have a feeling that Yes, people are going to come in for video, but I think more people are going to start to use this for podcasting. And I was proven true. Podcasting is the one thing that is just skyrocketing in popularity here right now. And that's actually the majority of what people come through the space here for currently, at least. Really? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. I, I mean, uh, you know, somebody who has started my, my podcast within the last 13 or 14 months, I definitely have seen sort of it's a not only popularity and, and once again from an entertainment value perspective, but also and, and uh, what's the percentage where people. Well, without giving away uh, numbers about your business, like right, in terms right. of people who come in and do podcasts, is it mostly people who run their own independent show or is it people who are doing things related to business? Um, I would say it's their own independent show for the most part. Um, there's a couple that are doing it for business per- 
business purposes. So I think that's a big, bigger market out there that people can, uh, like, an attack at least. But uh, like, there's a local blogger, for instance, who's coming in and doing an interview show. Uh, there's a couple uh, of women who come in and do kind of like a music show uh, and, and record here. So it, it seems like they're just like, I have this interesting idea for a podcast and I just want to come in and record it in a space and not have to compete with the lousy dryer or washing machine in my own house. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah, I've been there, too. I think everybody's yeah. been there. They get that yeah. moment where they're just in the, they're in their closet surrounded by all their clothes. That's right. That's know, right. That's the but that's the best sound diffusion. Yeah. So uh, I've been there. Understood. Uh, your place is probably much more glamorous than that. Right. Um, <laughs> So uh, I'm curious about, and so you have this marketing going on between uh, the the other businesses in the space that you're in. You have this uh, you have this sort of growing community of folks on Facebook, and then other than that, in those first three to six months, like what did you see as the biggest hurdles? Was it was it from the beginning? I mean, was it a, a linear rise in popularity and related business, or did you did you go through ebbs and flows? Because I find I often find that folks, uh, you know, will dive into something they really want to do. They have this initial burst of energy, and it's really great. And for you, perhaps that's that moment when you went a hundred percent in instead of like eighty percent. But then things, you know, start to plateau. They start to level off, and you start to wonder. Did you ever have moments like that? And if so, how'd you get past them? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean. I was so excited, you know, day one, and then like the reality of the situation kind of hit me. And I would say even for the first two months, it was fairly small. And I basically woke up each morning and uh, throughout the day, I kind of would kind of like as a teeter-totter go between two very drastically different emotions, which was like, this is the best idea I've ever had. This is like the best thing I could ever do in my life. And like, I'm going to die alone. This is like the worst thing I've ever decided to do in my entire life. <laughs> yeah, and so that's dire. All right. Yeah. That's like, that was the teeter totter that, that, that kind of happened emotionally for me. Interestingly. Um, and I don't know, maybe a lot of businesses find this. It was almost like immediately after Christmas, like around January 1st, where it not only picked up steam, but kind of had like a meteoric, uh, rise i guess in popularity here in the city uh, so for whatever reason like going to all the meetings i was doing and all the networking events i think was finally kind of coalescing to kind of explode here a little bit more um and i think that's also due to the fact that there was a few new tenants that came here into the building who you know were interested in doing uh vr production and there was people who needed their meetings recorded and there was just a whole bunch of other stuff that needed to be done and so that slowly kind of grows out as well. So I think it was just uh, pretty slow for the first couple of months and then has kind of taken off here nicely uh, in the last, I would say, eight weeks or so. Got it. So it's been, it's been recent. It's been this. recent. And, yeah. 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 That's, that's wild. And I think, you know, when I started mine, honestly, I, I had the idea for it like mm, September of 16. And then I really didn't, honestly I really it was weird it was almost like a new year's resolution for me mm-hmm. and I was like you know what and, and that's when I made my investments and like all that. that's when I that's when I went into it so uh you know I, I wonder because a lot of people have those sorts of goals and these days maybe it is something creative like that um speaking of goals maybe it's not related to new year's resolutions but maybe the next couple months the next year down the road for for media lab uh, what sort of goals or personal milestones have you set for yourself and and, and how do you plan to get there yeah, oh, that's a that's a really good question. Um, 
My first major goal that I want to get to is being able to afford at least a part-time employee here with me. What's been really nice is that a student from one of the local universities reached out to me and they needed to do a practicum of 96 hours in some sort of media related field. And he just found my website. He was really enthusiastic about it um, and wanted to come in and help me out. So I signed off on that and he's been here for the last couple of weeks and it's helped me out so much. Like I'm able to delegate stuff that doesn't need to get done for clients, but then I can actually focus on the business related stuff instead of having to do all that stuff uh, at the same time. So I can definitely see the need and the value of having an employee. I just need to make sure that there's enough cash flow coming in to be able to support them and the business at the same time so that, you know, that doesn't kind of implode in on itself. Um, sure. And the other, other big milestone I want to get to this year, I, I realized that as much as the space is available for people, I think the real value that I can provide is in the educational component. And so that's why it's, it's interesting. I have this whiteboard that's actually at the back of the media lab space and I use it to do like mind mapping and like planning and stuff out. I just find it works better with my personality. So I actually have like the next four months planned of what event is happening each week. Now, some of that is more like uh, yes, educational come and pay for some time here uh, to learn about whatever it happens to be, uh, whether it's using the cameras or how we, how to tell a corporate story or, or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but also there's stuff that's just like, Hey, let's just like hang out. Or, uh, there's a photo gallery I'm going to be doing, or, uh, just cause it's so big in podcasting right now with like role-playing games and, and that sort of thing. I'm, I'm hosting a role-playing game event to come and learn how to like host a Dungeons and Dragons or, uh, or that sort of thing, uh, yourself. So I want to have it that, that, that be what Media Lab's conception is in people's minds, where it's this funky, cool space where I can go and learn things. And also, if I need to record either audio or video, I know the place I need to go to as well. Um, I want to have that combination of being like, yes, this is some revenue, revenue for me, but also I want to make it available to anyone coming off the street so I, it doesn't turn into... Uh, what happened to me three years ago. Like, I want to go to this space, but it, there's a barrier to entry. Sure. Yep. Totally got it. Uh, that's, that's exciting for you. I'm, I'm really, uh, you know, I, I, I look forward to, to seeing more of, uh, sort of the successes here and getting, getting towards those, getting towards those goals. Um, you know, folks, if you are, uh, if you're in the Calgary area yeah, that's right. <laughs> and you have creative interests, uh, you know, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll do a little bit of pre-plugging here, but uh, it's just Media Lab YYC. Uh, you can look that up on Google. It's also Media by uh, Media Lab YYC.com. Twitter is the same handle. Facebook is the same handle. Uh, go out there and, and and see what Kyle's put together here, and um, and go and support. Go and support the local business owners, and 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 also help to you know build up your own professional brand in a way, a personal brand, a professional brand, in, in a way that uh, that is going to be using top of the line equipment, top of the line services, uh, all, all that. So yeah, um, that's great. And yeah. I should say, even if you are in say Texas or somewhere, it's a quick five and an hour. A plane rider way, so it's yeah, super close. You know, <laughs> yeah, you could just real quick, uh, <laughs> or you know, just you know what? If if you uh, if you can't afford the flight, just walk. You just walk, and it'll take uh, a couple weeks probably, and then you'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> and then uh, you know, assuming you're not out of breath, you can record a podcast. Um, right. So okay, let's jump to. Uh, I've got. Uh, 
I've got two big sort of questions I ask a lot of people. I've done it forever, but I want to ask them to you. And uh, let, let's stick in the world of creative. Um, let's say that there's somebody out there, and it could be me, it could be somebody else, uh, who it has, maybe they're doing something relatively full-time, but you know you know that they have this thing on the side. They've got this creative passion they want to do. They're not really sure how to turn it profitable. They're not sure uh, you know, if they want to uh, make that leap, make that personal dare into something, open themselves up to risk of not making any money or not being a success or dying alone, as you said. Uh, and uh, they're just so unsure that they're thinking uh, about just never trying it. And you have all this experience now, and, right. you know, in just these first few months of being able to build up something that's been successful and that meets a need. And even though, as you admitted yourself, starting small, uh, something that has been uh, fruitful and, and efforts that have left you sort of, I would, I would suppose, fulfilled and satisfied. What would you tell this person who, who, who thinks they might do it, but isn't sure? How, what would you say to push them over the edge? So, um, I mean, the, the canned response is going to be the one that I'm sure lots of people say, which is like, you just have to go and do it, which is, which, which is true. I, I do believe that. But I will offer this suggestion, which I wish I had taken myself, but only found out recently is probably a better way of, of handling like a great idea that you have in your head. Because the thing is that at the end of the day, you're going to obsess over this great idea that you have forever and ever and ever. So actually workshopping it and telling it to people and actually trying to accomplish it, well, at least you'll find out if it, it actually is a good idea or a terrible idea, and you have to actually change it up a bit. Um, the thing is, is that when we have these like good ideas, the people that we normally go and ask, like, hey, is this a good idea, or friends and family, and as good as friends and family are, they want to support you. They want to be like, yeah, like we're going to be your cheerleaders. We're going to absolutely help you along the way. But I think a even better way to do that after you've asked those friends and family is to go and literally find uh, 50 strangers, people you don't know, have no connections with and be like, this is my idea. Not only because that helps refine, say like that elevator pitch, but it also will let you see things from a different angle that those people are not there to be your cheerleaders. They will ask really tough questions and allow you to actually, you know, figure that out for you instead of opening up and being like, Oh, I hadn't thought of this, this, and this. And now I have to kind of like on the fly, figure this, uh, all this stuff out. So, um, I would say that I would say absolutely pursue that passion that you have, but also go outside your comfort zone a little bit and really ask a bunch of different people, uh, so that you can hear all these different points of view to, to cultivate something that's even better. And bonus bonus uh, question here, looking for advice. What's what's one thing that you, that you've learned in the past couple months now that you have done it that you wish you had known on day one that you thought would have set you up a little bit better? Um, I definitely think I needed to uh, think about uh, payment or the the pricing of what I was doing much more than I actually did. <laughs> I had at the very early uh, time frame in this evolution, like this is what it's going to be. If people come and do this for audio, this is what it's going to be for video. And then when I open up the space is when I kind of discovered it's like, well, people don't think in those terms necessarily of like, I'm doing this for an hour or two hours. What they want is like, I want an end product. And I just want you to give me a package uh, dollar value for what that's going to cost. And that actually took me back a little bit. So I had to kind of reassess and figure out what was going to be fair to them, me, and, and, and everything else. So really, really take the time to be like, is what I'm pricing uh, going to be economically viable for the business itself? Uh, but also make sure that how you're pricing your stuff 
is actually how the consumer wants to pay for it. Um, so that's that's the one thing I wish I had spent a little bit more time on before opening the doors. Gotcha. Well, folks, uh, you know, you heard it all here uh, from Kyle, yeah. <laughs> both the uh, creative side and the professional side of building up, uh, you know, sort of a, a, a personal brand in this way and and making that dare into not only uh, creating, but also helping others to create from the trainer himself. Now, I have already plugged this a little bit, but I want to mm-hmm. hear it from you. If people are interested in and in the Calgary area or not, how can they interact with you? Where can they find you? Yeah, there's a bunch of different places you can do so. If you're looking for Media Lab specifically, you can go to the website, which is medialabyyc.com, and you can find out more information there. Uh, it's Media Lab YYC on Facebook and on Twitter as well. If you want to follow me personally, I am the Kyle Marshall on basically every single platform, except for YouTube, which is unfortunate, but I can't change my username anymore <laughs> on YouTube. Oh, no. What did it get stuck as? It is Kyle Marshall Tries on, uh, okay. on, on YouTube. But. All right. Well, if you want to check out the stuff that Kyle is making, uh, and, and are you making any of that stuff from the studio itself, or do you have a different setup for that? No. Yeah, I, I, I produce all my content from the, the studio as well. Uh, and there, uh, because I get inspired by people I interact with and talk with, uh, there's a lot of big productions that I I have in the works that are going to be released over the next uh, 12 months or so. Uh, yeah, so it's there's a lot of stuff going to be coming out, that's for sure. All right. That's excellent. Well, thank, thanks very much, Colin. And do check his stuff out, folks, if you're uh, if you're interested in seeing how one of these businesses works and also if you're interested in using it yourself. Uh, Kyle Marshall, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. That's Media Lab YYC. You can check it out live in Calgary if you're north of the border and happen to live in that part of Canada. You can also check them out at MediaLabYYC.com on Facebook and Twitter by the same handle, Media Lab YYC. Info at MediaLabYYC.com. Kyle, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was really great to hear your perspective and to hear your journey into helping others through theirs. Like I said towards the beginning of this episode, if you liked this kind of content and you like these kinds of stories, and if you're considering making a dare yourself, I encourage you to do a couple of things. The first is to subscribe to this show wherever you listen. Could be iTunes, could be elsewhere. And if you really feel compelled to say something, do. Either drop me a DM or follow me across social media at Human, or leave me a rating and review again in your listening method of choice, your listening vehicle. Could be iTunes, could be something different, but regardless, it's always good to see that social proof. And todareishuman.com is where you can see all of my content in one centralized space. And you can also write me directly from there through the contact page or through hello at todareishuman.com. Would really love to keep growing this community and learn more about your stories, your dares. I'd like to share them here on the show. So please do not hesitate to raise your hand, raise your voice, and come on and share your story with me and with all of us. For now, I'll be back next week with another great dare to divulge. I I hope you enjoyed this one, and I know you'll enjoy next week's too. 85 episodes in, getting pretty close to 100. Might have to do something special there. Uh, But for now, I've been your host, Adam Connor. This has been another great episode of Two Dares Human, signing off, and I will check you again next week. See ya.